Hello and welcome to episode two of the LD Podcast Academy. I am your host, Connor Sweetman. This audio series is for LD professionals who want to harness the power of podcasting in their LD department. In our first episode, we learned the five steps of podcast design. This week, we're going to learn about interviewing. And my guest is Mark McMenamin. My name is uh, Mark McMenamin, and I am a radio producer slash reporter and jack of all trades. Mark and I prepare for interviews in very different ways. I like to write down a lot of notes, a lot of questions, and I like to go into the interview with my questions in front of me. Mark's approach is a lot more intuitive. He'll do a lot of research and background reading, but he doesn't like to write down his questions. He prefers to do all the work ahead of time and then just let his curiosity guide him when he's in the interview. I spoke to Mark about how he prepares for interviews and about how he changes his approach depending on who he is interviewing. Well, Mark, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Great to be here. So what I wanted to do, as I said in, before we spoke, I want to kind of compare your approaches to interviewing on the Peter Daly documentary and the Richard Hayes documentary. And then afterwards, maybe we can speak just a bit more generally about um, some tips for interviewing, some do's and don'ts, that types of thing. But maybe let's start with Peter Daly and maybe can we just start with the setup. So what was the story and what was your interest in Peter Daly? Peter Daly was um he was a, someone who lived not too far from where I'm from originally in Donegal in the northwest of Ireland and Peter um um was an elderly man in his 80s at the time his early 80s and he had uh, spent the previous 20 years living a very quiet life in this small town in in Donegal um but in the 70s and 80s he had been a policeman in New York during um you know one of the most infamous eras in the police in in, in New York in terms of corruption and drugs and everything else and he had been involved in a drugs bust uh uh, the biggest seizure of cocaine and heroin in America at that time, but he had actually uh, kept some of the drugs for himself to sell on. Um, he denies this, but he was convicted of it, and um, he uh, spent five years in prison in in New York. So it was kind of an exploration of his life in his latter years, and kind of him coming to terms with uh, his kind of uh, his dodgy past. How did you prepare for that interview? Um, well, I mean, I, I decided that um, th- there's a number of different approaches, I suppose, to to interviewing. A lot, some people prepare extensive notes and they, they sit down and they have their questions well formed. And to be honest, it's something that I never do. <laughs> I've never written a question out once in my life. Uh, not that it's lazy. I just, you know, I suppose in... And I have journalist friends who, you know, get shocked when I tell them that. But I think you stifle the actual creative process by doing that you know because you're yeah. you're kind of asking loaded questions and you're you're eliciting certain responses uh for me what i did was i literally tried to say as little as possible and to let peter do the talking mm. now which wasn't wasn't too difficult because he was kind of quite a, a gregarious character himself it can be difficult i suppose when you're talk, you know when you're dealing with people who are less inclined to speak um so it was a matter of following Peter around for, um, you know, a, a number of hours around the town over a course of a few days, and it was a matter of kind of putting himself, putting him into natural conversa- natural settings that he could draw the the story could be drawn out of him. Then you know, in a natural way. So then, when we when we compare that to the Richard Hayes documentary, what was the background to that story? 
Well, Dr. Richard Hayes was was a code breaker uh, during the Second World War, in much the same vein as Alan Turing. And he he was also the director of the National Library of Ireland. So he, he, he worked part time for the, uh, the Irish Defence Forces, for the Irish Security Service, G2, during World War Two, uh, intercepting and decoding German codes. Uh, during the war from German spies that were active in Ireland, in particular one spy named Hermann Goertz, who was uh, on, on the loose in Ireland uh, for <coughs> over over one year. How did you approach the interviews for that? Um, so obviously much much more research involved than for the Peter Day. Yeah, it was a little bit less now, kind of feeling your way through the story and more prepared. I had to familiarise myself with a lot of clandestine activity that had taken place in Ireland that wasn't that well documented you know it's an area of history that's not that well documented actually in Ireland and uh, there was a bit of reading involved in that but then fortunately there was a number of pretty pretty decent experts in in, in that area you know in terms of the preparation from it though it was uh, it, there was a lot more nuanced questions a lot more um, a lot more focused you know although I, I did try to let you know people kind of find their own way through the story as well but I suppose you know when you're dealing with the direct protagonist like you are with Peter that's a lot easier to do uh, as opposed to dealing with historians who are used to talking objectively about the past yeah so it sounds like you know nearly half the battle is uh, finding good uh, sources finding good interview subjects yeah and I mean like I suppose it's just like they have to have good energy and, and a lot of these people they were very energetic and enthused about what they were saying and why wouldn't they be they you know they devoted a huge portion of academic study to to those particular areas so again i didn't have any real pre-prepared questions i actually don't believe in that i just i think i think <laughs> when you say like you don't believe in it like would you advise people against it no i think people should do whatever they think is what makes them comfortable and every, and every interviewee is different you know I mean, there's preparation involved in everything, but I think overall, what I'm trying to get at is, I suppose, that the, you need to let things breathe, and and I'm learning at that as I go along as well. I um, I can find it difficult sometimes when I'm talking to um, to get that silence, like you know, and to get and that's I'm, I'm learning as well, you know. I can't get that in real life, so it's hard to get it in the radio as well, like you know. But like to let things sit and to let things breathe and if there's a silence just to let the silence sit which I find so difficult to do like I try to shoot a question in but you're better off actually letting it sit I found like that's something I'm trying to be better at as well you know uh, so you know uh, I think each piece on its own merits you know and each piece uh, probably takes it different techniques you know but uh, I found over the last couple of ones that I've made anyway I find they kind of trying to approach it in that kind of a fashion, you know, just a, a, a curiosity, using your natural curiosity and ask yeah. the lead on questions from what they volunteer with you, you know. I suppose, like, you know, if you go in and you have no prep and you haven't a clue what you're talking about, you're, you're going to miss chunks of things. But if you're reasonably well prepared, it's a lot better, I think, to let the things flow naturally than to stick to rigid questions. What would you say are, like, some common mistakes? Or what are things that you learnt from the Peter Daly uh, interview that you've kind of adapted? Or is it... Well, my, my, my biggest fault is, is trying to get that bit of silence, you know. Uh, I dread silence, you know. It's just my personality. Like, I find it awful. Like, But at the same time, too, I think, you know, a pitfall for me, and it might be for others they might feel the same, is that it's allowing to let a, con- a conversation sit. Sometimes less is more, you know. And... Uh, I was quite good at doing that with the with the Seamus Darby documentary. I remember, I remember literally sitting with Seamus there for a couple of minutes, like with no nothing at all, 
and it was just like excruciating for me I was like I need to say something here you know I need to speak like and uh, it was just so hard to sit there like and uh, and then I said no do you know I'm gonna let him try and just say something now like you know and he's naturally very shy and it was just like and then I was like oh my god he's not going to say anything what if there's gonna be four minutes of nothing you know and then he kind of started volunteering a few things and I said Jesus this actually works you know <laughs> so you know he started saying well you know now you know I've, I've always been a shy person you know I've uh, I, I'd be very anxious now you know and like you know i don't think he would have actually volunteered that had i said no tell us about the goal Seamus, or something you know you know i uh so <clears throat> that's the difference in documentary and the difference in you know a current affairs interview like you know it's about allowing that silence and that being, uh, accepting that it's okay you know and i'm definitely still learning that like you know slowly but surely <laughs> That was Mark McMenamin, radio documentary maker and all-around nice guy. You can check out the show notes for links to Mark's work. Thank you very much for joining me today on the L&D Podcast Academy. Next time, we're going to learn about the fundamental feature of all audio, all media, in fact, stories. Until then, I've been Connor Sweetman, and you've been listening to the L&D Podcast Academy. <laughs>